Hello, I'm Alan Power, and in this mini-episode of the National Trust podcast, we're going to be looking at Sheringham Park's role in World War II. I'm standing here with quite a strong coastal breeze coming in off the North Norfolk coast. I have an amazing view. Houses in the distance, there's a bit of a mist hanging over the sea, but it's a really beautiful, fresh day. I'm underneath quite an old, probably 200-year-old beech tree with very low-lying limbs on it, but actually it's what is towards my feet is really, really interesting. I'm standing looking at what can only be described as a sunken brick-built bunker in the ground with a couple of windows at feet level looking out over the sea. I'm off down these steps now to uh, see what we can find. And it gets darker and darker and damper and damper as we go through here. My name is Rupert Harris. I'm one of the ranger team, one of the assistant rangers. And uh, one of the things that I do is uh, deal with some of the archaeology in the park. Rupert, can you tell us what we're standing in? We're in a Second World War pillbox built in 1941 as part of the anti-invasion measures. So a pillbox is a, a concrete box with a, a few windows in hopefully the directions you want to shoot. The term comes from the time of the Boer War when they were invented. And at that point, they tended to be circular structures with a slightly overhanging roof. So they looked very much like the little cardboard pillboxes of the time. And that's how they got their name. It wouldn't have had a heavy machine gun. We know that because if it had, it would have had a concrete table here, which survives in the other pillboxes further down towards the coast. What it would have had is some kind of metal frame set into this window with a rest for a gun so that you didn't have to stand there holding it. It would just sit there and would be ready to use when you wanted it. Well, as long ago as the time of the Spanish Armada, that's um, the late 16th century, it was thought that North Norfolk would be a good place for an enemy to invade. There was an even a little rhyme about it, which was, he who would Old England win must at Wayborn hope begin. And if we look out of the window, the Coast Guard cottages and then the windmill just to the left are part of Wayborn. So we're very, very close to Wayborn. And that fear went on through to the period before the First World War, when there were lots of invasion scare novels written. And so lots of defences were built during the First World War and then you get to the Second World War and in the early years of that it was felt that North Norfolk was probably the most likely place for a German invasion. So an awful lot of defences were built along this coast. How many people would have occupy this space while they were watching what was happening out at sea? Probably only two or three people at a time. 
And they would have covered a 24-hour shift, presumably looking for lights at night time, listening for sounds during the day, that kind of thing? Yeah, there certainly would have been somebody in here 24 hours a day all the time at the, the height of the invasion scare. I doubt any individuals would have spent very long in here. I'm sure they would have swapped them round the positions fairly regularly to keep people sharp apart from anything else. Relatively close to here, there would have been a telephone link. That link would have gone to London, presumably. Ultimately, yes. So I'm sure they probably would have reported uh, somewhere relatively locally first. Lots of things happened here. What they didn't see was an invasion. Obviously, there never was an invasion. But there were coastal convoy battles just off the coast and there were air raids. The first Zeppelin raids came to, to Norfolk. Summer of 1940, before this pillbox was built, most people were absolutely convinced that the Germans were going to invade. So it was just a, a case of standing here and waiting to see when they were going to arrive. I'll bet at some stages your eyes start playing tricks on you as you're looking out. There's quite a stretch of sea you can see out this window and I'm sure that you look out and you'd start thinking that you're, you're seeing things. Well, and there would have been ships going past all the time. There would have been coastal convoys visible going past all the time. So I'm sure every time you saw ships, or indeed when you saw, saw aeroplanes coming on, you would think, you know, what is this? What's going on? Is this the enemy? If people are interested in the military archaeology at Sheringham Park, or the archaeology in general here, they can come and visit, and there is a walkabout leaflet that they can then guide themselves to the more accessible bits of the archaeology around the estate. There's a wide variety of stuff on there, from the prehistoric through to the World War II stuff. Thanks for listening to this mini-episode. Do join us again next month when my adventurous colleague, Kate Martin, will be taking you on a journey to the Northumberland coast. If you liked this podcast, you may also be interested in Women and Power, a brand new mini podcast series celebrating the centenary of the first women getting the right to vote. Join Kirsty Wark as she uncovers some of the unique suffrage stories hidden within trust properties. Women in Power is available to download from Apple Podcasts or wherever you find great audio. You can also subscribe and listen to the latest episode at nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash podcasts. Until then, from me, Alan Power, goodbye. In July, the National Trust marks the centenary of female suffrage in the UK with a unique new podcast series called Women and Power. Women and Power charts the course of the suffrage movement from its beginnings right up to the present day. Throughout this history, National Trust people and places have witnessed the hushed conversations, hidden heroes and furious infighting of some of the suffrage movement's key figures. 
In this podcast, we delve into our archives to uncover the seldom told stories of maids, mill workers, politicians, and even royalty who fought and campaigned to help shape the world we live in today. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to Women and Power on Apple Podcasts or visit nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash suffrage podcast. I'm Kirsty Ward, and this is Women and Power, a podcast from the National Trust.